You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 102, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and the Netflix. And it's just not hot. No. It's not hot. It's cold. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. It's episode 102. I, I'm not going to get used to the 100 aspect. No, it's weird. Yeah. I know. It's, it's now weird. that we're on the other end and we don't, it doesn't mean yeah. anything, it's just it's weird. Three digits. When's the next time it matters? Uh, never. Never. <laughs> never, <laughs> really. It never really did, did it? <laughs> uh, I am Josh. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Ola. Connor. His, his, name, his new name is Ola. <laughs> Connor. Ah, yes. Uh, iFanboy.com is our website where we uh, talk about comics because we like them very much. Uh, Every week, we will all read a big stack of comics, and one of us is tasked with picking the best one and writing a review about it. Um, This week, uh, there was a little mix-up, but we got it up in time. And uh, Ron had the pick. There was a mix-up? You well, thought you, you didn't you have, forgot the you had the oh, pick. No, I didn't forget. I thought it was your pick. That's well, that's all. the well, that's same as forgetting. Yeah, well, luckily we caught it at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So before there it was, was like almost a... no pick <laughs> in a world where no pick. one knows what no, the best comic book is. I got thrown off. I was looking at too many calendars. Um, Fireman. So, <laughs> it looks at fireman calendars all day. Uh, there you go. Um, so it was my pick, and um, it was a it was an interesting week. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a big week, or I wouldn't say it was a small week. I wouldn't say it was a good week. I wouldn't say it was a bad week. It was just a week. I thought there was you know there was enough mix of stuff where I did have some options going into the pick of the week, but ultimately, um, Green Arrow, Black Canary, number one. Kind of ran away with it by the end. By, by I the think time I got clearly the it was the best one. Oh no, I I struggled a little, and we'll talk about some of the other books this week. I did struggle a little. I th- uh, you know um, I thought some other ones came close, but Green Arrow, Black Canary tipped it over the edge, and I'll tell you why. Um, if you remember earlier in our previous podcasts, the Green Arrow, Black Canary wedding special, right. the ending, the big cliffhanger ending, you hated it. I didn't hate it. It soured me. It, it really it, – We brought you around, I thought. Well, no. What well, did I tell you on the no, show? This is what happened. So what happened – for those people who – so you can play along at home and spoilers alert, blah, blah, blah. If you haven't read the Green Arrow, Black Canary wedding special, go get it You know, so you can see what we're talking about. But it ended after the wedding and it ended with uh, Green Arrow trying to kill Black Canary looking like he's possessed and Black Canary stabbing him in the neck with, a, with an arrow, thus looking like he was dead. Right. And I thought it was it, it was a great issue up to that point. I loved it. It's, I know this isn't a review of that issue, but um, that ending really kind of soured me because I'm like, oh, what a cheap stunt, stupid ploy, blah blah blah. Way to ruin a great comic with some good funness. Um, and then while we were doing the, in this very room, in fact, while we were doing this podcast, Connor said, "What did you say?" I said, "You know, this is the standard twist in, in superhero comic in, twist." Yeah, yeah. And I said, "You know, you're right." And I didn't. You can't I, not do anything. I didn't hate as much. No, you could have. I, part of me just wants the nice little, nice little story. And, oh, they're married. Of course, and you do. Body. That's where conflict and right. drama come from. Well, then that's the point. And what I was so impressed about this is that we've often talked about both when we talk about TV and uh, TV shows and in comics as well. Um, when there's a couple, that it's not interesting when they get together anymore. 
It's the thrill of the chase. It's, you know, like the, the tension. The tension. The moment Superman and Lois got married, or Clark and Lois got married, it's like just. Pam like, and Jim just hanging out, having fun together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, or for personally for me, when Cyclops and Jean Grey finally got married, it was. I love that issue. It was a fantastic exhale. Yay, they're married. And it was the next boring eight years or, yeah. four, or five years that you've ever saw until Grant Morrison killed her bastard. Um, <laughs> so um, I thought it was really interesting that now, given that challenge, now that the chase is over, f- 30, 40 years of. Green Arrow and Black Canary chasing each other. They're finally together, and what? How do you start their joint series together other than by ripping them apart? Right. Which I thought was a genius move on Winnick, and I got to give him credit. I've been very hard on him in the past, but I thought this was a great approach to that problem. So this issue opens up um, beautifully with a flashback to the old JLA when kind of when before Green Arrow had the um, had the goatee when he had the green right, and like, red like, outfit. like the year one JLA yeah the year one JLA years, yeah. and it's you see the beginning of their flirting kind of their their playfully fighting kind of um, relationship and I thought that was a great way to start this yep. series and then what we find out is it's, it's a month after the wedding. And Ollie's dead body is laying in state in their basement, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, a, a superhero Lennon. Yeah. And um and and Black Canary is out working the streets with um, Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know what I meant? Free choice of words. Fighting crime on I the see. streets with, with um Connor with Connor Hawk, Hawk yeah. who is then Green Arrow. And she's got she, she's in denial. She's not not she's in denial. She's got a lot of anger. So he's in a cryogenic a, chamber, like in the garage. Yeah, like in the basement. Cycle yeah, and yeah, a, yeah. And a garage, bag. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, and um, in Star garage, City, yeah, okay, so that's a garage. So, <laughs> that um, weird. so, and uh, she's not. She doesn't accept the fact. She doesn't believe that it's that it's Ollie. She believes that it's not him. And there's actually a great, um, um, there's a great two page spread of of as she's clutching the 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 chirodrenic coffin or whatever right. it is, the see-through coffin, you see all the little snippets of the conversations that she's had with the different DCU superheroes, you know, some, you know, t- saying they're sorry, some giving advice, some, you know, like it kind of, and it was a nice, um, it was a nice kind of really quick way to get the kind of pulse of how everybody and was it, feeling And it recalls this. the wedding special because they're the same two-page spread where the reaction to yep. the wedding. To yeah, the exactly. exactly. Is that Jim Gordon? No, no, that's Ollie's old that's uh, mercenary okay. buddy. All right, yeah. all right. Because yeah. I was like, Jim Gordon has a mullet. <laughs> no, no, he's Ollie's old mercenary right. buddy. And so it finally ends with you know Hal Jordan saying, you know, listen, we you know snap kind of, out of you it. snap out of it. You know, I want you know like I want him back more than anybody. I brought him back last time he died, which I thought was funny because they're acknowledging like they keep yeah. saying it was hard enough the first time he died. Like they're acknowledging the multiple deaths in the superhero thing. And ultimately, it um, it leads to their conversation is being eavesdropped on by by Bruce Wayne, Batman, yeah. and ba- by Batman. And Batman says, you know, he believes her. And him and Doctor Midnight do a complete autopsy. They tear his body a- apart, and they find yes, they do. Yeah, no, <laughs> Josh is shot. shocked right now. He's looking through the book for the first time. So they're time. in the Batcave, and and who's it? I think it's Doctor Midnight is warning her that you might not want to be here for this. And, he, <laughs> and she's like, I've seen a lot. And they've got Batman turning on a big bone chainsaw, <laughs> and she. Goes, you know, I think I'll go sit, sit by the cars. And you see them working. They tear apart his body. You see him holding his brain. You see, like, it's really kind of graphic. Batman and... is not a doctor. He's, he's trained as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Dr. Midnight, he's a doctor. It's right yeah, there. He's also name. blind. So wait a minute. Do you have to call him Dr. Batman? Well, I don't, we don't know if he has a degree. He he never, had, like, he's a, not board certified. He could be like a field if medic. he had an office, would that be on the door, like etched in glass, <laughs> Dr. Batman? But so ultimately they find on his thigh, they find one um, cell or one group of cells that are still actually alive. 
and it f- forces um, the body to change into something called Everyman. And I don't know who Everyman is. Uh, do you I'm know, not you know? not really well yeah. versed, but, he's, he's but it looks like a shapeshifter. He's a shapeshifter, yeah. 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 And so ultimately now the chase is on to find out where Ali is, and it ends with finding out that he is being held captive um, by the uh, by the Amazons at Themyscira, yep. by Athena. But wait a minute. So it's been tied into other events and stories? Yes, it's been t- I guess it's been tied into Amazon attacks. It must. So, so the question yeah. now becomes how long has he been there? Was yep. – How what? long was Electra? I mean how yeah, long was exactly. Ali not yeah, – yeah. Was – was the proposal genuine? Was it him? Yeah. Was it every man? We, yeah. we don't know. We're going to have to find out. So but. what Winnick has done is that he's – He shook the whole thing up. He shook it everything up, and I was, thought that was, was awesome. Was every man the, the mayor? Yeah, Something maybe. happened in one yeah. year later. Yeah, exactly. How far back does this – I don't think he's been now? gone that long. Yeah, neither do I. I think but, he might have been – it might have been post-engagement. That's my guess. I wonder if but. you were to go back and read Winnick's run, if, if you could little find – I bet you. Get, I bet there you must do. be. Yeah, there has um, to be. It, it, if it was an Amazon attacks thing, then it must been. Then it's probably post engagement. The engagement was genuine. Then after that, he was taken. Yeah. So who knows? We'll find out. But but I thought it was really interesting. But like I said, there are other books that I thought were really really good. Wait, wasn't what, he not interested in strippers? Oh, that's very un Ollie like. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Remember that? How yeah. the strippers? Yeah. And Ollie said, "I don't want strippers." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's very un Ollie like. Yeah, we mm. should have realized that earlier. Perhaps every man is gay, <laughs> <laughs> or just very sexually restricted. <laughs> so, um, so, so I thought I thought Winnick's approach to the story and where he's taking this title is one of my favorite characters. I thought it was really well done. But what put this book over the top for me was Cliff Chang's art, or Chang, or I don't know how to pronounce the last name, Chang, I'll say. Yeah. Um, his art, I just, and it's funny because it comes off the heels of, um, somebody recommended the trade paperback of Doctor 13, which is a series that, uh, a miniseries that Brian Azzarello wrote. One shot. Well, no, it was, it, I think it was multiple issues and that was a press, I don't know what, what the background was. Because I was looking on where. It's a thick one shot. Yeah. Well, I was looking at, I was looking at Chang's art on splashpageart.com uh, yeah, yeah. and it was at issue one, issue two, oh, issue okay. three, but they seemed to only be like 12 pages. So yeah, they were, yeah, it was short. Yeah, but anyway, um, which is really good go check out Dr. 13 but um, and in that I was like this art is great and then getting this I didn't know he was on this book right? and I found out like last week and that's when the excitement started brewing about it and I loved his art in yeah. this book I thought it was really 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 good yeah, yeah I'm, I haven't seen his work before he uses a very heavy line yeah and that's not even a bad but like no, no. Well, like, the outside. Well, well like I mentioned in the review on iFanboy.com it, it could be it could be passed off as like kind of like a Darwin cookie. That was kind the of first thing I thought when I saw it. But I don't think that does it justice. I don't think it, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a different style than yeah, that. It's in but the that's middle. It's in the middle, sort of the Darwin Cook side and the super realistic side. It's, yeah, it's squarely, I think. But most... what I like, what I think I like about it is that it's so. I mean, because comparing this to another book that came out this week, like New Avengers thirty five with right. Lionel Yu, which I like that art, but that's very kind of a scratchy, heavy, you know, kind of messy art. This, this is clean, is clean lines, you know, modern, you know, kind of angles and all that. Kind of, you know, I'm talking about furniture, um, but I, I don't know. I just totally want to go with the stain resistant uh, page. <laughs> I just thought I just thought not only did his did his figures and his and his you know like the action, but also I thought his pacing and his storytelling and like that. Like I said, my favorite two page spread is the is all the whole DC. He does good. Spread. He does really good emotion. And yeah, he just kind of a little you know good facial expressions, yep. but not over, like no noses or more than just the little nostrils, but. Right. You get it, like there's depth, and like I don't know, I was just really, really impressed. That's nice, and, yeah. yeah. And he's quickly now become one of my favorite current artists. So. And also, you learned an interesting tidbit about him earlier today. I did. Um, I'm been I've been reading Transmetropolitan uh, finally, and he was the assistant editor on that book. Like and that's how 90s. you break in. Yeah. So um, you get to know people. Yeah. And I love the cover. The co- you see the cover is like a, this textured yeah. kind of thing. I don't know how they did that or what he did, but it had like this kind of um, 
like 30s, 40s, WPA yep. kind of you know poster style. You know, I like that. So yeah, I loved it. It was a really great issue. It sold me. I didn't buy it. You missed out. You, my you know what? You I drew my line in the sand somewhere. I was not adding another new thing. Yeah, you and that line in the sand, and I, uh, it's it's still a good book. Though. I want good comics. But I, I know. Yeah, them. it's like I'm gonna complain about comics, but when one comes out, I can't read everything that's good. <laughs> I just can't. There's no time. <laughs> so so call ones that are bad. I, I, I think you think I you have. buy all good books. For the most part, yeah, I don't really have anything. I've looked. I mean, yeah. and, and believe me, when I get to the point when I don't want to read something, I don't buy it. Right, right. Well, the, the, a book that came very close in the running for the pick of the week for me was Booster Gold number three. Interesting. Um, but I didn't for a couple of reasons. But I wanted to hear what you what you guys thought um, of Booster Gold three. I I liked it. It was good. I thought it was the it was, might have been the weakest one of the three. But the first two are really, really good. So that was insane. You thought, I didn't think it was the weakest one. Yeah, I, I yeah. did. I don't know because I think um, I thought it was the cheapest one. Because I thought there was a lot of cheap gags in it. Well, that that, that yeah. would that would lead it to be weak. I mean, okay. I thought well, the first two issues were really, really good. So yeah. this is this was just merely very good. Yeah. You know, so it was a little bit, a bit of a letdown in that sense. So that probably colored things. I mean, it's it was weird to see Jonah Hex in this scenario, especially <laughs> drawn by Dan Jurgens. It was funny because well, I think one of the reasons why it resonated in this is because I'm also reading Jonah Hex the trades that you gave me, Connor. Right. So I'm like, this has like been hitting me on on multiple levels. Um, so basically, the plot of like Booster Gold is 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 someone's traveling through time as Supernova, trying to kill the Justice League, but in, back in time. So so somebody takes out the, the doctor that delivers Jonathan Kent's grandfather, which is really smart. So he's not he doesn't he's not there to deliver the grandfather. The grandfather will die in childbirth yep. because it's the old West. And Superman will never be – therefore, Jonathan Kent will never be there to get Superman. Right. And who knows what will happen to him then. It's this ripple of events. So Booster Gold goes back in time to stop that and ends up ends up running into Jonah Hex. And, and drinking. Uh, drinking. Drinking with Jonah Hex and getting into a bar fight and, you know, going to – I like the fact that he had to go save the day while he was wasted on whiskey from yep. drinking with Jonah Hex. Um, it was good. I mean, it was, it was good. I thought it was it – was, it didn't stand out to me because it wasn't as good as the previous issue. I I really enjoyed it though. I had a lot of fun reading it. Um, mm-hmm. But I I felt as if there were a, like there was a couple of um there was a couple of amusing Back to the Future jokes in the book. Right. And that was the first thing I thought when you were describing. Right. It. But then then there was like a couple more, and I was yeah, like, okay, like, this book felt way self aware of itself. Yeah. Um. But it ended. Ended it with the on a gray page. It ended with the time sphere. Um, smashing into well, ba- ba- Barry and Wally on the time treadmill. <laughs> well, it's funny because because Booster Gold's driving the time sphere and he's drunk, right? And he's like, "Well, what am I going to do? Hit something, right?" And then they hit they hit Barry and Wally on the time treadmill. time treadmill because they also go through the time with that thing, which so, is hysterical. Yeah. The other thing I just remembered was not only were there Back to the Future jokes, but then they discovered there's somebody else in a time sphere. That's Quantum changing. Leap. And it, yeah, and it's I was evil like, Leaper. yeah, I, exactly. I was like the evil leaper from Quantum Leap. I was like, damn yeah. it, you know, like I really, you know, like I, I know everything's derivative, but this seems really derivative, you know. But so. it's still a lot of fun. Yes, yes, this it was is a lot of fun. Purely. Did you find that the the Jonah Hex characterization was good? It was okay. I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was, he's not in a lot of it. He basically shoots a guy down in the street, which is pretty Jonah Hex, and then he goes goes yeah. to a bar, gets drunk. Um, the only thing I thought was a little strange and out, of, smiles. Char- and out of character was that um, he's like, uh, this may be the whiskey talking about I like you, kid. I don't get a lot of people I call friends, which is not really Jonah Hex. Yeah, but, but it's comic booky. I mean, it yeah. was, you know. But other than that, I mean, yeah. I got past that. It was fine. Um, I didn't get that page, though. 
the boot, the blue, the beetle. There was one random page that that flashed back to Infinite Crisis. Right. It was right after Jonah Hex told Booster Gold that I call you friend. And then you flash back to Infinite Crisis fl- and see Be- Beetle, and it's only one page, and it's really. And, and what what happened was is that it starts off a Beetle saying to Booster Gold, "I thought we were they're in the Batcave. It was the when when the Blue Beetle became the Blue Beetle in Infinite Crisis, and um and Batman's there, and he said, "I thought we were going to see your friend." That was the only link I could see was that the word friend in it, you know. Right. Like, but I I assume it's going to be a, a you know. Yeah, I just thought this is this is this has had it felt out of place. It was a weird issue. It was good, but it was weird. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't have picked that. Yeah. Josh. Did you buy any comics, Josh? Yeah, yeah okay. I bought yeah. a couple. <laughs> you want me to talk about them? Sure, uh, go for okay. one. Pick one out of the stack. I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm on the fence about New Avengers 35. And I don't mean it was bad. I just don't know. Like It's funny because you it's, read comments and reviews about it um, since it's come out. Half the people are like, this was great. And half the people are like, what the hell was this? And I really liked it. I think I did. Um, before we even get into it, my, my problem with it, though, was the cover didn't uh, yeah. reflect this story. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. that's We know. The cover <laughs> didn't reflect the story. We should I've read set that like a, some sort of verbal <laughs> cue where you can just say – Rutabaga, and we know you're talking about the cover. <laughs> okay, so let's just push that right out of the way right now because sure. we've had that argument well, the, the, a lot. The, the reason why is the cover – because we when we left last time was the new Avengers were watching a bunch of symbi- symbi- symbiotes attack the mighty Avengers. Right. And That's, so this yeah. cover is like a melding of a symbiote with Wolverine so it looks like Venom Wolverine. And this was a story point that excited a lot of people at yeah. the end of the last issue. I was like, oh, I don't want to Exactly, but then when we open up this issue – are the new Avengers even in this issue? Yeah, they are. They're barely in it. In the they're background right yeah. somewhere. They're right yeah. here. But there's no story with no, them. No, that's the Mighty Avengers. Oh, uh, well, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, but anyway. But the whole story is focused on the, the Hood and his criminal organization that he's put together, which, I, like I said, I really, really like. I like that part. I just don't know one single thing about the Hood or who he is. So... And I would say that you can pick up the recently re-released hardcover of the Hood miniseries that Brian K. Vaughn did, but I've heard it's not very good. So. I'm thinking that's kind of the point, though, is yeah. that you've never heard of him. Yeah. And I mean, I, and I, I'm guessing that when he starts showing up, other people are going to be like, who is that? Like, and you don't know. So I think, I think what he's doing is he's taking this character, and this almost feels like the result of a drunken bet or something. Like, <laughs> but they were like, yeah, make the hood into something. I will do it. You know, like yeah. he just was like, I'm going to make the hood into the king. I liked, I liked the idea that he's bringing the villains together. We, 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 we talked about the fact that it's been a while since the villains have. Have been, been around. Yeah, yeah. The only other thing that sort of bothered me was uh, you take out the hood and put in Deathstroke the Terminator, and they're doing this in DC already. Yeah. Yeah. He's in, you know, putting yeah. together the team. The but then again, Bendis probably wrote this like seven years ago. Right. So, yeah. you know, he's probably done with um, But I mean, time- but other than that, yeah. I thought it was really good. I like I liked the idea of the villains and, sort of unionizing. And what was great, yeah, the idea of the villains unionizing, but the idea also is that as a Marvel fan, like there are a lot of villains that we don't see like – like the villains that were kind of the C-list have kind of fallen off by the wayside mm-hmm. and you see they, they're reemerging and going to do something interesting with them. Like for example, it starts off with Jigsaw trying to pull a heist and getting embarrassed by Tigra. Right. And so the way the hood gets Jigsaw to join as his crime syndicate is by he fucks up Tigra pretty hardcore. Th- that was yeah. – for a scene in an Avengers comic book, I was like that is pretty – yeah. Brutal. Yeah, exactly. I Actually, mean, they're not unionizing. They're performing a crime family, right. basically. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. You kick up the money and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But um, That was a but, little bit like, it's just the mafia. It's, right. It shouldn't be new. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but but the, thing is, the thing is that these typical kind of C-list um, uh, villains in the Marvel Universe are known just to be stupid or just known to make dumb mistakes. I like, and the hood calls them out on that. He's like, what's the point of that? Like, look, if we work – if you have a problem, come talk to me. We'll solve it. 
you know, and then and they keep the money going, keep it as a business. As and an of operation. course, since they're bad criminals, yeah. all this will not this will fall apart. You know, it's well, point. one well, it, it could fall apart or it could be genius. I well, mean, no, right, yeah, but but I mean, yeah. like, is there flawed characters? I assume that the the undoing of them all will be that one of them will get too greedy. So this is what always happens in crime families: is right. they start whacking each other. Right. And uh, the other, th- the part I really liked about this was the um, what's the deathlock. Like yep. they've all got this thing, and and the scene of them using the deathlock and doing it was almost an afterthought. Yeah, like yeah. it was just like one page. The deathlock kicks ass. It, it got wrecked in the process, but they just have a table piled with money. And and what's so funny is that they they the new Avengers think that a deathlock is coming to kill Tony Stark. Right. Like that's what Wolverine came back with. They've got a deathlock. They're going to use it on him. So like what I thought was funny was the big plot device just got. It got used like they're like well, we lost them. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, you know they're, they're make, He's he's making the hood not an idiot. Like yeah. he's like, well, what if we make one of the criminals an actual smart person, as if there would be in the real world? Because yeah. criminals are not stupid. You know, like like a guy who's the head of a crime boss or the guy, you know crime family. boss of a crime family, probably pretty smart dude. And I gotta say, I, I love I just love the the cast of villains. Is and Greg Argoyle was there. I gotta <laughs> call that out. That was awesome to see him. Um, but yeah, who's I mean, the not Red Skull guy? I don't know. Did you see what I'm Did you, about? Were yeah. you able to recognize like, most of these people? I was I able to who. vaguely. The thing is, is that I got to pull out my handbook to the Marvel I didn't Universe. Know who I was able were. to vaguely, which isn't a problem, recognize some of them. Like I've recognized, like I recognize the dude with the spikes that looks like a lion. I don't know his name. You know, I, re- I think it's funny that like like these kind of scenes where they're all together and they're chatting. Yeah, like, that seems to me like Bendis' favorite thing to do. Yeah, yeah. like hey, I'm I'm John, I'm Curtis Clark, Camestro. Oh yeah, we know you. Yeah, it's just, just put like, three people in a room and just yeah, see what you know, yeah. So I mean, I thought it was a really good issue, and I liked the I liked the hood stuff. It's just that um, it just felt awkwardly placed in terms of the storytelling. I think this is one of those issues that feels weird if you're waiting a month, month and a half in between issues. If you were reading, I mean, I don't want to uh, say if you're reading say, in trades, no. but yeah. no, it's not even it. But yeah. like as as a as a part of a story, like it makes perfect sense. It's a chapter in a story. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. do we really need to see the slugfest um, in detail, or do we need to see the setup for what's going to happen later? More importantly, depends on what kind of fan you are, kind right? Of. Right. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong; I totally enjoyed it. But, right. but I would have liked maybe. Well, and the thing is, it ended with it brought us back into the timeline, and I understand right. the nonlinear storytelling, so that's fine. I mean, that's you know, it was good though. I enjoyed it. Uh, the one issue for me that that would have been the close pick of the week was Green Lantern, and why was that? Uh, Twenty four. Uh, this, it's just. I mean, I, I think has this been late? Like, no, no, it's I don't been think pretty. So. It's pretty been pretty on. T- on Are we sure about that? I'm not sure about. I that. I don't think. I don't think it's true. But um, I don't feel as if it's been. I don't late. feel if as it has been, been. It's only it's been, been by a week or so. Well, it's been so much fun that I don't really care that I'm. Not, you know, it's it's yeah. happening so fast that it's hard to keep track of what's going yeah. on. I don't think it's late. I think I think it has been. All right, well, but yeah. um, it's not important. I just was curious because I, I just having a hard time following the overall plot. In terms of, well, are you buying the other issues? I mean, this, I did, but they're not. You important. don't need to. They're yeah, not important. Okay. Yeah, I mean, no. Well, that's why I think it's interesting because we're on part eight. This is, I think, the fourth one of this. I bought. I don't feel lost at all. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. it's like I don't know the plan. You know, I don't know what the villains are doing, particularly attacking Earth. But I don't. You know, beyond. Well, pretty, I don't think we knew either until this issue. Well, I mean, when they explained it, when suit when when that guys attack Earth. Yeah, I mean that's the. Well, that's what I mean. It's like it's it's yeah. it's such a good time that the, the intricacies of, the, of what they're doing is not that important. I think this is like the most rocking summer action movie comic book yeah. that's ever been. This is the sleeper hit of the year, if you ask me. Um, I just think it might be going a slightly bit too long. Well, here was my problem with it was that I mean the the big the big you know climax of it was basically Hal gets sucked in by Parallax again, and then him and Kyle break free of Parallax, and it's a big victory. Oh, we already knew. And it ends with um with all the you know Hal, Kyle, John Stewart, and Guy 
all you know, kind of, back you, up. you know, doing the Green Lantern. I've seen this like three times in the past four years. That's well, that's 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 the Green Lantern. That's what the Green Lanterns. No, do. but the thing is, so that, that's, like, that's like the Avengers say Avengers Assemble. I mean, the Green yeah. Lanterns no, power no, no, up. No, no, I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about them doing the oath. I've seen them come back against power. I feel like I've this kind of the Green Lanterns regrouping and like getting all like the, it's the this should be the rally point moment that I normally love. And I read it and I said, oh, again. You know, well, that's what happens. That's I mean, what it's do. like at the end of World War yeah. Hulk, and, and and he's staring down the barrel of whoever's coming at him, yeah. and I and that's what I said. I was like, oh, that you know, right. like oh, he's gonna fight tanks. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. I felt energized, but then I had that like pang of like, oh, this feels just like the end of Rebirth, or just like the end, you know. Well, that's so. that's a good answer story, but yeah. the thing is, I think within this story, yeah. we've seen this kind of thing a lot. Yeah, where. Uh, they're almost beaten, and they yeah, don't that, get beaten, and they almost beaten, and they don't get beaten. Yep. And I, in this particular storyline, I think it needs to move quicker. Yep, I it'd think. be nice if they actually were beaten for just a little bit. Like if you, I mean, like if you just like one of the things was when they took Kyle into Parallax. I thought for just a second that Kyle was like, I was like, Kyle's kind of expendable. Yeah. If they wanted you to get rid before, of him, yeah. they could. Yeah, and yeah. and if they hadn't screwed up the timing and had Kyle show up in the other books like that. I think there was a bit of a is he oh is he going to make it like yeah. you know there would I think there would have been a little more suspense on this, um, which yeah, I, I think, think would have helped. Gonna, yeah. I don't think they were going to get rid well, of Kyle. Well, basically, popular. it ultimately gave us the worst Kyle Rayner costume ever. So, which I hate his costume now. It's yeah, so sorry. bad. It's just um, a Green Lantern costume. No, it's bad. It's a it's a mix of John Stewart's and and his old one, and it's just bad. I just think they need to get going and get get to the like the end of this. I mean, I'm having a good yeah. time, but it's it's I think it's it's a little bit too, there's some filler in here that doesn't need to be. Yeah. Probably. But, but it was approved by the Comics Code. Well, that, there you go. They I just noticed it. that. I haven't noticed that in years. I don't know. Did you guys notice that the Transformers will be coming out in DVD? I don't know if you saw any ads in your comics. I didn't. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be... No. It's going to be big. And every, I gotta, every time I see one of these ads, I think, God, I wish that... I, I, for a second, I'm like, maybe it was good. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I wish it was for some reason. Yeah. So, um, so real quickly, I wanted to um, uh, bring back up Black Summer, uh, by published by Avatar, uh, Warren Ellis and... Juan Jose Reap on the on pencils still on this are you still kept on still kept going with it I, I, and but I, my store got it my store is a little store they don't really take a lot of risks with ordering I didn't special order they got I think I got two copies in um, but I just thought it was really interesting because um, this one started off with a bang with um, it's it's a it's a world with superheroes some sort of you know superpowered beings who have gone into retirement and one of them comes back and kills the president and that's how it kind of starts and this and what's happened in, this is the third issue. Um, in the second issue, the heroes kind of regather – or I assume heroes, the superpowered beings kind of regather and kind of regroup, and they start dealing with the mess that one of their own has caused. And we're seeing it through the eyes of one character, um, this guy, uh, John Noir, um, who's got kind of dark hair and all kind of thing. He's missing a leg. and in does, this does, issue, he, does he smoke? Yeah, he smokes. Because he's um, Noir. And in, um, and in this issue, one, the tech guy gives him a prosthetic leg, and he gets his costume back, back and you see it's kind of like, okay, cool. Now this shit's going to happen, and then Ellis kills him. I, you know what? What's funny yeah. is that as you're describing, I go, I bet he killed him. Yeah. Oh, he totally and killed he him. Totally I, thought, did. I thought it was great. Like basically, what happened was that um, is that the the authorities find where they're hiding, and this guy who's been a reluctant kind of guy puts his costume on, goes out and goes to surrender to the authorities. Instead of actually taking a surrender, they just explode him. <laughs> now, did, now, let me. Ask, did the whole issue send as a setup to that point? Um, somewhat. Did yeah. you feel kind of like you wasted your time? No, no. I just thought it was just it was just like because I feel like yeah. I would have seen that coming in a Warren Ellis. Oh book. no, no, I didn't see. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't right. see it coming at all. So that's why I felt kind of. And I was like, oh man, I thought it was you know, it was the build up and then the tear down kind of thing. But what made me made me think was it feels like this is the book that Thunderbolt should be. 
Um, and it's hard, you know, it's hard, it's hard to make direct kind of connections, but it's a superhero-y, but it's got that kind of anti-government kind of feel, and it's got that violence and that realism, and the kind of thing where it almost, you know, is like Ellis doing that, but without, you know, restriction. Um, Thunderbolts so. is a book that kind of dropped off the map, huh? Yeah, and no one even movies. talks about it. Yeah. No, they didn't even yeah. talk about good or bad. Nothing. Yeah. No, it's just, nothing. It does not get mentioned whatsoever. But, but ultimately, this was this was good. I've enjoyed these three issues so far. Is that so, Avatar, yeah. Um, yeah, published by Avatar. Is so. that, does that the standard Avatar art? Um, well, I don't, I don't know about the standard. All, almost Avatar. all the Avatar art books look exactly the same. Okay, well then, I don't know. You tell me. Somewhat. Okay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. So. A little better than normal. Yeah, I didn't like the. Um, the I didn't like the ending. Was kind of vague. Like I didn't know whether it was the ending. Like the last page because there's like six pages of like tr- of internal ads, but um, you know like this, yeah, this is the last on, panel on like, Avatar. That could have just been this. This last panel could have been the third to the last page. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. that happens yeah. in Avatar books. It also happens. I mean, doesn't Image do stuff like that too? Where like yeah, sometimes they fill the bunch of the back of their. Oh no, they, they've been pretty good about not not getting it into the story. But yeah, yeah. So. Um, Runaway is twenty eight. Also, I don't hear much about this book anymore. Yeah, I, that was one of the things I want to talk about. Was I that... think they're a little too spaced out. I think yeah. it's a little bit of the astonishing X Men thing. Well, no, but the thing is, is that like Whedon's writing it, and and I don't want to say it's not good, but I don't think it's as great as it as as I thought it would be. I think I kind of put it a little higher up on a pedestal, and the delays in in it coming out, I really think have worked against it. Well, you know? I mean, it's one one thing is I think that he's got the voices down really well, yeah. right off. I don't sort of feel a disconnect, but it feels. I mean, everybody fell in love with Runaways as as Brian K. Vaughn's book, yep. and it's not quite that, which I think affects it. And also, what you did is he went and he took them out of continuity, not out of continuity, but like out, out of, of their world, and yeah. and it's sort of another story. And it it feels like uh, like a mini series, like that wouldn't be part of the main series, like if or like okay. a series of it, like if this. For was some like reason, a, you said mini series. I thought of like North and South. No, 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 <laughs> like, like a TV mini series. No, like <laughs> like a. Like an aside, like yeah. like if this was yeah. one, two, three, and four, yeah, but not twenty eight, twenty nine. This is like a wacky adventure in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. Um, and, and those, you know, or like an annual or something like that. Uh, I do feel like it's been too long. Yeah, I agree. But I gotta say, it it ends with um the time traveling parents from the the runaway. I forget whose parents. The Gertz parents. Gertz parents. Which I thought one. was great. Which I thought that like I did enjoy the ending. I I, I got excited as I read it. You I know? yeah no, it's really well done. I don't yeah. I don't want to even make it seem like that. It's really dense if you look yes. through it. Like there's just tons going on. It's almost too dense a, a little because he's yeah. got all these characters in this world that I, I don't yeah. feel. Well, I mean, look at in the first page. The recap is yeah like, is really dense. Um, yeah. What's cool though is that you get to see because of the time traveling and because of the um what are they called the the whole their parents the were pride all, the pride. Sort of anything can still happen. I don't yeah. know if you've noticed, but that's the pride, what I the pride keep coming back. Yeah, that's they what were I killed early on, yeah. which is good. Um, no, but the, but remember the um, the the head of the pride came uh, a earlier version of himself came yep. back from the eighties. Yep. And now we've got Gert's parents are obviously before they died, but they don't know that the kids are aware of it. And and this is the first issue where I've really felt the time that's elapsed since the first series mm-hmm. because the kids felt older. Yeah, you know, because they because what happened was is that the uh, Gert's parents uh, came up on Chase, who was kind of a screw up and kind of thing, and they're like, he's like, well, what you know, and he kind of said, what you know, I I loved your daughter and she's dead, and like it made me realize the time that's elapsed since this mm-hmm. book has been around. So it was pretty good. Yeah, I I, it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I just don't I, think it's as good as I thought it would be. Just, you just don't thing. hear the buzz on it like you used exactly, to. Exactly. Which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's also right in the middle of the story, and like. Yeah. I know, but every time a Runaways came out, people, you know, it was like you could feel excitement people had for it, and you don't really. You know, yeah. That's the, what's the delays will do to you. Exactly. It works your against buzz. you. 
Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man 24. Talk about delays. Um, One more day continues. This, wasn't this supposed to be a weekly? It was supposed to. I remember it being supposed to be a weekly. It would go from Amazing to Friendly Neighborhood to, to the other Spider titles, and every week we'd get one. And I don't remember the last one. This was like three months ago. No, it was like maybe a month, a month, month and a half maybe. or More than a month. Yeah. Way more than a month. Yeah. But um, part two of One More Day. Uh, part two of, of four. It was originally supposed to be six, if you remember, by the way. I think it was only four. Cause it was supposed to be a month. I thought it was a gap between. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong there. Okay. Um, this felt to me, story-wise, more of the same. Yep. But what wasn't the same was that I thought Quesada's art was like ten times better than the I, last I, part. What's funny is that I hadn't looked at the one before it, and I just went to flip through this, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's right. He was rusty in the first one. I, I know we said that in the story. He's really, really quite much better in this one. Right. And this guy can put panels. Like, they're just big, dynamic yeah, panels right. with those, like, sort of – there's a great two-page spread of Spider-Man swinging through, through the city, and he's like he's got all this, this McFarlane um, yeah. like webbing, and it's really really good-looking book. I just want them to get this over with because yeah. I feel like I'm, I didn't read Amazing Spider-Man leading up to this, but I feel like from what I've heard and what this is, basically we've been treading water now for like six months. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. Like it's, it needs to get moving. And it, and it it ends with with it seems like the catalyst has now been introduced, right? And it seems like a very Layla Miller kind of X Factor kind of random right. catalyst that you didn't expect um, in this little redheaded girl. There's um, always the that what, what's creepy about little little girls? Always they always make them the yeah. like the demon or the monster. It's, right, it's, it's always the fire starter thing. But um, but again, we get treated to the worst design cover in the world. See, I love these covers. Oh, they're awful. I, I get I picked this one over the uh, yeah. The well, variant. I picked this one over the variant too. It's just yeah. kind of rude but, to say still only. $3. Yeah, the three ninety nine. And that's what the three ninety nine gets us this time around is bonus material in the bio. Of a Mary Jane, Jane bio. And then we get um a old story um from. Uh, back in the day, yeah, I think I, I think I actually have that. I one. gotta tell you, um, if I'm trying to pound through my books on a Wednesday night, now granted, this is not what everybody does. When I hit a block of text like this, it just hits. It's like a wall. You're like, oh, um, oh there's no need to read that. Though. They reprinted Amazing Spider-Man 259, which kind of helps for the story, not really. But what I thought was interesting though was that there was some um, kind of director's cut, almost like kind of bonus art materials, which. Uh, Pr- brings to the forefront that Casada's uh, using uh, Google SketchUp to do a lot of the backgrounds of this, um, and what he's doing is he's he's you know kind of digitally rendering the locations and then drawing over that. And right. I thought that was I thought a I think that was a really interesting kind of take, and I wonder how much that's influenced the delay, and uh-huh. you know because you think it would help speed it up, but but if you look at how you know intricate the Doctor Strange's sanctum is. Yeah. Like that's that's spending some time on the computer, you know. So um, so I thought it was really interesting that that you know again progressive and that they're embracing it and showing the process. But then there's the ethical like, well, is that art or isn't it art? You know, because I'm looking at these pages, it's yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, no, I agree. Fine. I agree. I'm just I'm raising the question. That's you all, know what's so. funny is that there's I think two I get things... paid to raise questions. <laughs> you get paid? What? what? Oh, listen. Uh, I think two things when I look at the Casada art, and one is that. It's really nice, and I don't – really, you get to see how dynamic it is, and this is a, like how to make a page exciting. You remember the – you know how to draw co- comics the Marvel way? Yep. yep. It's a really good example of that where like you'll see – you'll be close up on like a lower part of the page or something like that. And the other thing I think is it looks a little dated. Just a little bit. Do you feel? I feel like, like early two thousands. Yeah, uh, I really, I do feel like that, which is kind of odd. And I don't know, just because I haven't seen him draw in a while, but people uh, don't like things have skewed towards a more either, realistic. Not either, either, either that or an animated style. It's either like yeah. John Cassidy or Darwin Cook, and like yeah. this kind of hyper detailed stuff is. I was like, wow, I haven't seen well, yeah, this like in a I, while. The reason it stood out for me is I hadn't seen the spider webs like that in forever. Yeah. Like yeah. the, the McFarlane yeah. style, every every yeah. little webbing is drawn. The um, early nineties status quo. Well, cool, he became the status quo. 
<laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I don't think the story uh, JMS is, you know, he's, you know, well, in six weeks we'll get part three, and, well, hope, uh, and hopefully by next year, well, this will all be wrapped up. Dude, where did he find time to pencil it anyway? I mean, well, even yeah. so, yeah. So anyway, so if you haven't checked out any of the One More Day titles yet, you can go to Jim Hanley's Universe if you're in the New York metro area because um, Jim Hanley's Universe is one of the best and most progressive comic book stores around. Um, they've got a great selection of um, comic titles and T-shirts and action figures and all that fun stuff. Um, they've got all the comics you need from you know mainstream to manga to minis, uh, miniseries, a lot of great independent comics at Hanley's. So um, go to Jim Hanley's Universe where art and literature meet. Um, they're lo- they have two locations. One is um, across the street from the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan on 33rd Street. And the other one is at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. Um, so when you're in the store and you're buying something, tell them my fanboy sent you. And um, you can go to their website at jhuniverse.com or you can go to their MySpace page at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. And they've got a really cool event coming up, don't they? Um, on the – what was the date of that? The 21st, I think, the 24-hour comic book? The Saturday night. Yeah, the 20th to the 21st. They're going yes. to be hosting a 24-hour comic book um, creation with, with with Scott McCloud. Scott McCloud and, and I Steve believe Bissett. it's his brainchild. Yeah, my, well he's he's been a big proponent of Right, and, and comics, Stephen yeah. Bissett, yep. artist on Swamp Thing. Yep. Dude so, dude's got skills. If you're in the New York area, go check it out. Watch the people creating comics and maybe you know, if you got twenty four hours, make your it's own comics. Three AM and you drunkenly stumble in they're like, Scott McCloud, <laughs> are you making comics? Because I understand them. <laughs> uh, email time. <laughs> Right. And you spit. Ugh. <laughs> uh, first email is from David from Bloomington, Indiana, who says, Silver Age comics and all they represent have come up a bit in the podcast over the past couple of months, and it seems that some of the iFanboys, especially Connor, are vehemently against Silver Age elements in Modern Age books. While this is all well and good, what about Silver Age elements in Silver Age books? Have you guys read books from the 50s and 60s? Which ones have you liked or disliked and why? Though I love modern comics, I was... Brought into the comic, uncle, the comic fold by my uncle who grew up in Silver Age and maybe love old school Superman, Jimmy Olsen, and the world's finest. We love the Silver Age. Yep. I, I believe mean, I believe in the rant yeah. I had against this, I said Silver Age books style needs to stay in the Silver Age books because that's – You don't I enjoy, read Silver Age now. That's but I enjoy thing. reading yeah. the old books, but the, yeah. the, 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 the style needs to stay there. Yep. Um, I've read a lot of the old Flashes in the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of the old Justice Leagues. My, I, I read my dad's comics when I found them in high school. In a box that he wouldn't acknowledge existed. Um, I was like, are these your comics? He's like, give them to me. So I, was like, oh. I was like, oh my god. I was like, yeah. Did you, but, look, um, did you look under the comics? What? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. Um, Hubba. Hubba. Um, and, uh, and of course, I, I talked you know, a couple months ago. I, I got the Fantastic Four on the bus, and, and I, love, I love the old Marvel Silver Age stuff. I mean, yeah. I ate that up with this. No, thing. I have tons of it. I have, yeah. I have boxes and boxes of the old Silver Age Justice League and Batman and World's Finest Comics, Brave and Bold. Yeah. You know, I have old, old Flash stuff, and on the, DC, on the Marvel side, I've got all the Silver Age Invaders books, and yeah. I love all that stuff. I have That's the, Golden Age, isn't it? No, no, they, didn't, they weren't, not the 40s. They, they, oh, okay, they, the later. They revisited okay. the yeah. Invaders and Silver Age. Oh, they did? Um, oh, yeah. I think I'd know that. Um, and I have some of the Golden Age, I have the reprints of the Golden yeah. Age stuff, like, and that's not Silver Age, clearly, but yeah. I love reading that. I mean, you, I, I can enjoy them for that time yeah, period. Silver Age rules. Josh doesn't like them. Not really. Yeah, I'm a loser. I no, it's not. It's one of those things like like it's, it's why you, it's, it's why you can't watch Citizen Kane and all the same. No, I can't. Yeah. No, that's that's earlier. I, I can totally now. You know what? It's <laughs> it's like I know they're great, and I've tried to read them. And I can see things that are great about them, but I don't enjoy them as much, and I, I don't know why that is. It, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. But also maybe it has to do with when you started reading comics and how you started reading them. I, I don't know. I mean, I started basically reading. 
I would buy new ones, but I'd also buy yeah. back well, issues. The, well, no, like I'd started reading in the modern age, and mm-hmm. then I went back and and kind of like because I like history and I like you know same reason why I love you know like the nineteen nineteen White Sox and like that whole story and all that kind of stuff. You know, like it's it's it represents a time period. I know? can really appreciate the art from the time period. Yeah. If, if if nothing, and I didn't, I don't, I would say I didn't used to be able to do that, but now, like, if I look at a Kirby page, I can yeah. see, like, yeah. oh, that's. But even the storytelling is, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yes, it's a little hokey and it could be a little campy at and times and stuff like that. That's the thing that I can't, I have yeah, a hard but, time getting over. Right, yeah, so I guess it's just that. So. When I was a kid, I would go to the store and I'd buy, um, like, Backish, Silver's Backish. In the 80s, yeah. Yeah. but I'd buy, like, I'd buy, like, the new issue G.I. Joe or whatever, but then I'd also buy, my dad would buy me one back issue, yeah. and I'd buy an old Batman every I'd, time. And yeah. it was like, you could buy ten new ones for this one back, but it's an old one. Right, yeah, I used to and say. Now I wish I had bought the ten new ones because now they'd be old. I do right. think there's something <laughs> there's something about like seventies Marvel comics, well, that's, which, yeah. which yeah. sort of is in between the two. Right, those are beginning of the modern age. Those yeah. when you get yeah. into like the those Avengers soap operas that I and thought also were the, the greatest psychedelic thing. like yeah wacky Doctor stories, Strange, trippy yeah. stuff. Yeah, so love the Silver Age. Okay. Um, okay, so Mark writes in, and he says that he just listened to the podcast, and he wanted to su- suggest to um, to Zach and the other poor college students, and this is referencing last week's episode where Zach from Portland called in complaining he can't afford comics. Yeah, we um, – this is this off a wave. was an outcry, polarizing issue. So um, so Mark writes in saying that um, – suggesting that Zach should check out his local library. He's a librarian in the Portland-Beaverton area <laughs> and um, at the Cedar Mill Community Library and a regular listener to the show. Um, he tries to keep his their library collection stocked with current titles as well as older classics. He takes our recommendations seriously and just added scalp to the collection. Wow, thank you. Um, he thought it was a good example. Um, he thought it was a great book, but really sad. They have a adult, young adult, and juvenile collection, and he knows the main Portland Library and Multnomah County Library System has many more books than they have in his library. So do some searching at your local library or check their catalogs online. You won't find single issues, but if you wait for the trade, it's worth it. So um, it's good. It's, it's okay. fantastic yeah. advice. My mother's a librarian, and probably on a monthly basis, I help her order books and tell her what you know what they should have in their collection. And you, you need know. to get that they have comics in her library. Yeah. Yeah. you should get. Now your next goal is to get her to put. Are they all in one comic section? There's a there's a bit of a debate about that. They're spread out. There's some in the in the young adult section. She they've snuck them into the collection by putting them in the art section, which I hate. No, they need to be put in the fiction or the nonfiction yes, or the adventure. That's or the... my goal. Mm-hmm. That's I said they should be in the they should be in the fiction section. They're just yeah. their stories. I yeah. just like that we got a question from somebody in Oregon, and then somebody else nearby was like, "No, no, my library is a good yeah. place to go. That's so, awesome." Yeah. So Zach, go find Mark. He he works at the Cedar Mill Community Library. Go go go. You should both wear your iFanboy T-shirts, and that way yes. you'll know, and you'll do the thing like you you no you you no you. <laughs> Yes. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, Zachary Piazza of Manhattan. Is that Mike Piazza's nephew? I don't know. Th- I don't uh, think so. He's he's also a student, um, and he's low on money at the moment, and he's taking care uh, – he's taking 18 units of chemistry. I almost remember what that means. <laughs> uh, and he's got no time to work, big capital N-O. Clearly thinks this means he doesn't have any money, and so he can't he can't have comics. So he skips meals sometimes, to pick up books here and there. And the question to us is, how do we feel about selling back issues you have that are valuable and loved? And he asks, cause he has a collection of all the Marvel Zombies first prints. <laughs> <laughs> do you know why we're laughing? Um, Okay, so he's got the Marvel Zombies first prints from two years ago. And I'm really close to parting with them for some extra cast to pick up new books. And I, would I be crazy to do such a thing? Have I ever gotten rid of comics you love for dough and felt separation anxiety? 
uh, do you want to just give me fifteen dollars a week comics allowance so I don't have to worry about this anymore? Seriously, it'll be he wants money. That's it's just turned into a begging thing. No. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I actually looked this up when we got this email, and I looked on eBay for Marvel Zombies, yes. and they were going for like. Like $2 an issue. Okay, here's the deal. If you have a comic from the last five to ten years and somebody's willing to offer you money for it, but you can go buy the trade, sell that thing. Yes. Now, <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing is that collecting and selling comics is some fundamental thing to understand that if you have a comic that's worth $10, you will be lucky if you get more than five for it. Okay, but like the yeah. other thing is the reason to hang on to it is do you love the thing? Do you have a sentimental attachment to it? Yeah. Yes or no? But – that comic, it may be worth 10 bucks now, or right. you could get five for it. 15 years is not going to be worth squat. Right, true. Because the Marvel zombies craze is going to yeah. be over. But, but the point I was going to make was that, going back to the Silver Age question, when I was in high school, I needed money, and I grabbed one of my dad's old showcases with the Flash, and I oh. sold it for $300 to buy an amplifier for, for, for a band that I was working with. It wasn't even your amplifier? You weren't even playing guitar? No, but I was putting out the record and all this all money. Right. I mean, it was this whole kind of group thing. And so I and it, it murdered me. I mean, it killed. To this day, I regret it. You know, does I he mean, know you did a, that? No, he doesn't know. Still, yeah, really, yeah. Oh, that's awful. Um, oh my god. And, well, but it worked out for Kevin Smith. Right, <laughs> but he, he wasn't buying comics for the week. Yeah, it worked out for. I mean, yeah, Kevin Smith sold his collection to fund Clerks, which is you know the most. I think he's got a way. If, if he sells all of his Marvel Zombies, he's going to get enough money to buy one, maybe two weeks worth of comics. Is right. that going to be is worth, it worth it for you? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know how I feel about selling the back issues. I would. Um, probably sell ones I had already trades for. If somebody came along and they offered me five hundred bucks for my Ultimate Spider-Man's and I could get the trades, you know, for what, like a hundred bucks or something, I'd do it in a second. Cause... Absolutely not. Well, you have a little. Well, no, I, I have th- I have over thirty long boxes and I love them. I love them. Right. I, 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 and tr- don't get me wrong. There have been times in my life where I've mauled. You know, I could sell this collection. I could do something. You know, like I could do. You know, and well, I'm could like, you really? Yeah, well, I mean, I, for well, like the, pennies the on a is, dollar. I, the thing is, I'm at the point where I go to somebody like Mile High Comics. I'm, I'm selling a collection, and they buy it by the pound. Right, you know, That's you know what I mean, like that now. kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. And I could get the money for it, but it becomes fleeting. And like the thing is, is that I love my collection, and and for me, I've got a more of a sentimental sentimental connection than someone like you. Like you don't have a sentimental connection. Like you can replace it with the trade and be fine. Where me, I open up that bag and I open up that issue, and I'm thrust back to the day I bought that book and I remember it, the smell. Like I was flipping through some of my old X-Men back issues like in like the 200s or whatever and I remember when I bought every one of those issues I know exactly, like it's just it, it, took it, photos. It, it, means so, it means so much to me and so like I, and you know if I was younger or more naive I could probably convince myself I could sell it but now I, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm stuck with it so yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough call so. Sell it. Eh, don't, whatever. Sell it for pizza, you know, <laughs> whatever. Although I have, I've sold stuff that I regret. I sold baseball cards. Like, yeah. I remember I sold like a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, the upper, upper deck, deck one, one. Yeah, yeah, for right, like right. twenty bucks because I was like twenty. What do I care? And then like three years later, it was like a hundred. Now it's worth like nothing, but still. Yeah, I wish I'd bought the Billy Ripkin card. <laughs> Fuck face. All right, um, Ivy from Boston, Massachusetts writes and says, "I have a rather odd question. Would you know if Bendis, quote unquote, is an actual or pen name? It's also the name of a." Thracian lunar goddess whose worship involved orgiastic rituals, and she gave <laughs> us a link to uh, that thing. What is orgiastic? There were orgies. Having to do That's with orgies. You, oh. you had orgies to, to, to honor the god. We don't know exactly? Well, I do know this. I used to work at a TV show that Brian Bendis came on as a guest way back in 2000, and he signed the release form, Brian Michael Bendis, so... yeah. Clearly, that's... That's his name. That's, that's his, his name, name. Yeah. yeah. We should send him this. He guy. might also be... A Thracian lunar god. He might. Goddess. Yes. Goddess. 
possibly. I don't. I'm not denying he is, or I'm not confirming. I can tell is. you what he'd say if you asked him this. What I've listened to, I don't know how many hours. He'd say, "What?" That's what he'd say. <laughs> exactly. What? what time is it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's his name. He signed I'm up hip. legally. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm cool. If, yeah. he, if he did, then well, he... Ivy, that's some good digging. So that's pretty good. Um, so probably not so much. Uh, but if you have any other theories, and you want to send us an email. Uh, we are at contact at ifanboy.com. Which is not uh, an alias either. <laughs> that's our real name. That's the actual email address. <laughs> uh, Netflix has over 75,000 movie titles, and they've got no late fees. You go on the website, you make a list of the movies you want, and send them to you. Free shipping both ways. You keep them as long as you want. Fast delivery. Plans start as low as four ninety nine a month. And if you go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy, you get a two-week free trial. It's awesome. Woot. Woot. All right. Two weeks. Voicemail. So we mentioned that Zach from Portland's uh, email or voicemail last week uh, was kicked off a whole bunch of uh, feedback. Here's one voicemail we got related to that. Hey, guys. This is Corey from Cleveland. Um, I was listening to last week's podcast, and um, Zach from Portland was talking about being in college and buying comics. And I just wanted to add to that a little and kind of had a question. Um, I'm also in college, and I have a job like you guys suggested. But I think it's just gotten to the point that comics are just so expensive that you can't go to your comics on a weekly basis and pick up more than a couple books and you're not going to spend more than 20-some dollars. I mean, I go back to my comic store at home and I buy four things. I'm already at 15 bucks if you think about it. If, you, if it's $3 a piece plus tax and you're buying four or five of them, I think it's just gotten kind of ridiculous. So my question is, what do you guys think about the price of comics these days? Um, I know it wasn't not ten years ago that they were still at about a dollar ninety nine, and now they're already up to two ninety nine, three fifty, almost four bucks. So, just wondering what you guys thought of it. Love the podcast. Talk to you guys later. Uh, they weren't that much less expensive when we were in college. They were like, I, yeah, I started buying them right as I got out of college, and they were their three well, bucks was the issue point. Let's let's keep in mind that you're talking to. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, Josh, you fall in this too as well. Like, when we started buying comics, they were seventy five cents in a buck. Yeah, and I remember freaking out when they went up to one twenty-five. I mean, I remember freaking out. No, I I, I, I was a hardcore collector when they were seventy-five a dollar for a long, long right. time. Yeah, I, I freaked out when they went to one when they went to one twenty-five. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. when they went to one twenty-five, I freaked out. Like I was that pissed. Was a, I was, that was around uh, the time when I was reading when I was a kid. They right, were in that price point, yeah. and then they slowly, slowly went up. When we were in college, they were maybe like two bucks. I remember the highest would be like a two ninety-nine. Would be like a I, when I you know? stopped reading them as a kid, they like one fifty, like the Punisher War Journal. That was like yeah, like special yeah. deluxe comics were one fifty. Yeah. yeah, and that was I never saw them go higher than that until I came back, it, which would have been like ninety-nine. Right. Uh, and they were they were three bucks. The scary part is is that it's eight nine years later now, and they haven't gone up. Well, just, the but, thing is, it's, it's it's what it's called inflation. It's yeah. it's a combination of infl- inflation and also if you look at a comic twenty years ago, they're much better now. Like yeah. the, the production has gone up, so they, I think there's been a combination of inflation plus also paper prices have been ridiculously going up. But know, even even general, if the, you know? even if the production wasn't high, it would still yeah. be more expensive than it was yeah. 10 years ago. No, that's just the way and, things and, work. And milk, how, much milk, was, how much was a movie 10 years milk ago? Milk costs a lot more yeah, exactly. 10 years ago than Gas? Than fucking the, gas? That's what okay, I'm more no, pissed no, off no, about. No, 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 Don't no, get stop me started the fucking him. gas. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, when I got my okay. license, it was under a dollar a gallon. All right. It was 98 cents. Oh, God. Cut him off. If you go by the gallon, water's more expensive than gas. 
Um, bottle Get a water, hybrid. Bottle water. Well, bottle, yeah, because it's fancy. Uh, but water. I also hate all of you for still being in college. You know, yes. it's you know, it's yeah, scary. So suck it up. Just buy your comics if you have. You know what it means? You got to be more discerning. Yeah, exactly. I, did, I buy way more books now than I did when I was in college. That's because, a good point. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because I have a job and pays more money than, than the hundred dollars a month I got. Why do I feel more home. broke now than I did then, though? Well, because we were in school and thinking where things cost a dollar. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, but they're going to be four bucks soon. So, but anyway, yeah, so so but to to end this whole thing, we heard from Zach. He got a couple. He got a gig. He made some money. He bought some books. Yep. So all's well in Zach's world. He was buying hardcovers. He got a good gig. Yeah. See, that's insane. I would. I don't think I bought trades in college because I, who's got the extra money for trades in college? Rich kids. I mean, rich <laughs> kids. Um, no, I didn't think trades were as big though. Then you know what I mean. I bought them every now and then to catch up on I bought the Kingdom things. Come trade. I remember that's that's the yeah. day you you blew me off in the I'm car. Sorry, I bought Kingdom Come in issues. I bought the Kingdom Come trade. No, but I had them. But I, I know. that was the day it came out. You son of a. No, bitch. but the thing is, like, it's it's a lot. Uh, the trade market has grown <laughs> since we were in college. So huge. To sure, trade it's true. Really trades are actually used to be more expensive too. Yeah, like like per issue, like a book was like yeah. twenty bucks at least. But I didn't. I, I in college I didn't buy any Marvel books. Yep, I bought. Maybe one or two. That's crazy. I, did, I bought very little, you know. Did you start buying them when Marvel Knights started? Yes. The okay. Joe Quesada era. All righty. All right, so now we could have paused the show for secret confessions for my fanboy. Hey, guys. This is Ryan from Houston. Um, I just called to say <clears> – <throat> sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um, I, I really like the Punisher movie. There. I said it. I said it. It feels good. I know y'all hate on it, but I really liked it. Wow. It feels better than I thought it would. You know what? While I'm at it, I really like Fantastic Four 1 and 2. Damn. I did. I'll see 3 if they make them in the movie theater. <sighs> Thanks, guys. This feels really good. This feels almost as good as the day I decided not to buy any more Ultimate. Oh, um, okay. I don't believe Well, you know. let's I, clarify. I, I've never seen the Punisher movie. Are you guys ready for this? I yeah. like it. I have seen it. Okay. And I didn't think it was that awful. No, it was fun. It wa- no, it wasn't a good movie. No, it was fun, though. But it wasn't like, oh, God, that it's was it, awful. It's in my well, Netflix queue, but I haven't John Travolta it. was pretty awful. Yeah, but he's he's the overtop villain. That's just... Yeah, but the but really? Thomas Jane was great. I thought it was a punishment. You know what? Yeah, there was parts of it that were actually pretty good. It wasn't that... I mean, I, I wouldn't... But we've never actually talked about it, so I don't know why you get the impression that we... It's true. I think you're just projecting on us. You think we don't like yeah. it. Um, and I, I like I like both Fantastic Four movies. Well, that's you. Well, no, I liked them too. You know, they were fun. I saw the first one on DVD, and yeah. I thought that wasn't that horrible. I don't ever want to see it again, and I didn't want to see the second one. The second one, one is not as bad as the first one. Well, yeah. so you might think it's less not horrible. Yeah, but there's still probably some better. You should see it for the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I think uh, I could just watch it on the YouTube. It's not the same, <laughs> or that. <laughs> also, Doctor, they got Doctor Doom better in the second one. Uh, okay, so also Pimbleton's in it. <laughs> okay, so Jeff uh, from Texas. Anyway, what? Do you, what? Not so easy, is it? <laughs> hey, this is Jeff from Texas. Uh, I noticed Scalped was a pick last week, or this week, I don't know, whatever. Um, if you guys like Scalped and you want more stuff from the American Indian sort of uh, perspective, uh, Sherman Alexie's books are awesome, especially The Lone Ranger and Tonto, Fistfight in Heaven. It's a collection of short stories. It's badass. Also, my question. Um, I've noticed a lot of... Uh, properties, a lot of uh, TV and movie properties are getting uh, second chances or maybe third and fourth chances in comics, like Angel's getting a wrap-up for the series, Buffy's in season eight, uh, Army of Darkness has been kicking ass for a while, um, there's a new Terminator series coming out. What properties would you want to see continued in comics? And if so, if you have one, what team or artist or writer would you like to see on those? And where would you like them to be published? Thanks. 
Uh, okay, I, I don't have an answer to his question. He had, you know what? He had one too many questions. Maybe two. Uh, but I will, I will say that I, when they, I liked Buffy. And when, I, when they announced Angel, I was a huge Angel fan. And when they announced Angel, I was initially excited. But the more I thought about it, that show had one of the most perfect endings of any show I've ever seen. A lot of TV shows blow the, the last episode. But this was mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. And I have no desire to read anymore. I loved that show. And I don't want any more of it. Right. No okay. More. Fair enough. Perfect ending. Perfect ending. Okay. That's fair. But but are there any other? Sh- I mean, because the the concept of of continuing things in yeah, comics is interesting because you no longer have a budget. You don't have to worry about cast. Isn't yeah. Buffy? Isn't that the exception rather than the rule? Well, who knows? I mean, I mean, if they let's say let's say they let's say Donald P. Belisario allows a Quantum Leap comic, and it's good. Well, if it's good, it's, I mean, it's, it's written by Brian K. Vaughn, and it's <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn can't do everything. Well, no, I'm just He's saying, I, write them I just all. threw something out there. I mean, you know, like you know, pick, you know. Well, you I, know. Th- I think it leads to an interesting uh, chance that you can take with these stories that you no longer can tell. No, TV go film. back to the same thing. You guys love Oz. Greg Rucka writing Oz. Oz ended. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but I mean, it did. Yeah. Like, like no, no, it's I'm one just, of the. Yeah. It's just the Hypothetically, same. get away from the end. But there's lots yeah, of shows yeah. that didn't get to end. Yeah, well. so that's Carnival. Place they could. could you see? I could see Carnival go. I didn't people, really watch people it. People you know. would like that because it never did end. But um, yeah. I sports night. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. it's great. Give them a shot. I just think the, the odds are probably they're not going to be good. And, and then the ones they are doing, I'm not interested. The in. thing that the thing is the thing that makes a TV show good is the way that it's done on TV in that medium. And the thing to make a comic book. That's why, like, translations to me, everybody always, like, makes a translation up to be the holy grail of things. But, like... Well, no, but it doesn't... But I don't see it as translation. I mean, I see it as extension. I mean, because Buffy... Buffy had comics before season eight. Buffy has been a presence in comics since the 90s. Yeah. So, like, there's always been... I mean, I remember buying a Willow comic that Terry Moore wrote in college. You know, like, there's... You know, it's always had a connection there. It's another venue to tell the story. And if there's a universe... You know, the same way that Lois and Clark was a Superman but on TV. You know I mean? Like, it was a way... You know, but then again, there's the quality aspect. Something's well done. Like, I use Quantum Leap as an example. There were Quantum Leap comics. Remember in in, in Con, we were looking through them. They they were these awful painted covers of Dean Stockwell and stuff. But Quantum Leap is a great concept that can live on in this... in a comics medium done well as well, you know it's, it's still just storytelling. Ending. Yes, true. But so and we, have we, booster, and we have booster gold. We so have no answer it. for you. Basically, <laughs> Twin uh, Peaks never we, really ended. Twin, now, would you read a Twin Peaks book? Oh, this could go on forever. If Mark Frost, and David Lynch wrote it, I would. Yeah, and imagine the art, Sankevich on the art. Let's do that one. That's yeah, good. there we go. Where would you like it published? Quebec Core. Oh. The, the comic book <laughs> publishers. All right. So if you have a um, a question, you can call into the voicemail line at one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Um. But we have a special edition podcast. Yes, we do. Last week we were um, we teased a little. Uh, we um, we spoke to Jim McCann, who is does marketing over at Marvel, and he agreed to answer your questions. So uh, we went into the Marvel offices earlier this week with nine pages of over sixty questions, I know. and we sat for hours with Jim. He did um, all of them. He did all of them. He was a trooper. He was a podcasting trooper. Yep. And so, um, if you want to hear that podcast, you can go just look in the feed. It's going to be released just under this show. It's not going to come up automatically. This show should come up automatically first. You have to go back to iTunes or whatever, and it's going to be directly under, kind of like how we do the movie podcasts. Or if you want, exactly go to, like that. go to ifanboy.com and you can directly download it from there. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a long one. We're going to to warn you but it's 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 got some gems in there it's a lot of fun so it was fun yeah it was actually it was good and he like i said he was a trooper yep so we we, we stuck it to him a couple times <laughs> and he rolled with it yeah he was awesome uh you can go to ifanboy.com for all the latest uh 
ramblings and thoughts we've got on comics, as well as the weekly pick of the week, and you can go read Ron's review of Green, Lan- Green Arrow, Black Canary there at fanboy.com. Yeah, and um, every week, in addition to this audio show, we've got a video show that comes out on Saturdays. Um, the one that came out we do this we do the one that came out this past Saturday was we were answering uh, uh, audience voicemails, yes. um, similar to what we just did earlier. Um, and upcoming this week, uh, Josh has been laboring over this uh, this this opus. Ah um, uh, yes, yes the, the 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 show that the audience has been waiting for. Anung and Rama. All things Hellboy will be discussed this upcoming. See, Saturday. here I was being all subtle, and then you just said it. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> so, Hellboy coming up next Saturday. I'm still giving him the stink eye. It threw him off. You hear that pause? <laughs> uh, if you want an iFanboy T-shirt, you go to Jinx.com/slash/iFanboy. You can pick one up there. It says Intern on the back, iFanboy in the front. You can join the Intern Nation. If you do pick one up, send in a T-shirt. Don't don't send a T-shirt. Send in a picture of the T-shirt uh, of yourself wearing it. That would be helpful also. Send it to jinx.com jinx. if you've got a hot friend. You could hire a model. I, we don't care. Um, jinx.com. Uh, send them there. Or send us the pictures. If you've seen the Jinx, you get free stickers. Yeah. You know the, you know the email. It's contact at ifanboy.com. And you know the voicemail. It's 888-FANBOYS, which is 888-326-2697. I assume you know what to do with those as well. So we're not going to waste any more time on it. And if you're sitting around on the internet and there's a bunch of things you want to do to waste your time, you can go to frapper.com slash ifanboy. <laughs> And you can see uh, where people who listen to iFanboy live, and you could uh, raise your hand and be counted there, as well as you can go to myspace.com slash iFanboy, comicspace.com slash iFanboy, verb.com slash iFanboy, join the iFanboy group on Facebook by searching for iFanboy, and go to twitter.com slash iFanboy to see all of our life. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff on the web. In addition, go to iFanboy.com. Um, you could re- you could you could uh, vote for the show at Podcast Alley, or you could write a review in iTunes for this show or the video show. And as we always like to say, and we really mean this, if you know anybody who think you would like it, just sit them down and, and play it for them. And if they don't laugh, we'll send them a nickel. I I, I can't follow up on once that. once again. My vote does not guarantee the validity <laughs> of these offers. Uh, and if you like the show, if you, uh, you want to donate to the cause, <laughs> donate a nickel, <laughs> donate a nickel, or anything you want. Go to you know what? If everybody could just donate a nickel, ifanboy.com/slash donations. Click on the donate box on the website. And, Let's uh, see how many people can send us a nickel. Can you do that? What do you? I think what, we lose money that? in the deal <laughs> using PayPal. Yeah, yeah, probably. Okay, okay. Who was that? That TV host that asked for money. Uh, Soupy Sales told kids to go into their parents' wallets and take these little green pieces Soupy of paper Flanagan. out yeah. and mail them to the thing and get fired. So Flanagan, oh. you're fired. No, no, no. Okay, seven cents. That'll cover the that'll that's a nickel plus the surcharge. All right. You have seven cents. Have we been worth Sally Struthers? Have we been have we been worth seven cents to you? Oh, Connor's geez. hungry. I am hungry. Hungry Connors have been all over the world for years. I'm you Connor. can help. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. Bye. Seven cents. <laughs>